Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for our weekly Bible study right here on our website. Let's talk about Jesus is what we've titled it. And I want to make an announcement before we get into the Word of God today. First, I want to thank you for joining us here online, wherever you are in America Wherever you are in the world, we welcome you today, and thank you once again for coming. If you're a return listener, you're part of our listening family by virtue of returning. And if you are a first-time listener, we welcome you today, and we pray that God's Word will be a blessing to you today. It is sent to us, and it is sent to you, not just because of the Internet and this preacher preaching it and teaching it today, but because of the God of glory that sent His Son to die in our behalf on the cross, become our Sovereign and our Savior. Hallelujah. And because of the Holy Spirit that He has sent to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, and and because of the great love wherewith he has loved you. Well, I'm getting into a message before we make the announcement. And this is an a re- important announcement. If you are in the Tampa Bay area, we would invite you to come and worship with us. We're beginning again. That's the only way I know how to describe it. We have been in ministry in the Tampa Bay area as the Holy Church of God. I have been the president, director, pastor, evangelist of the Holy Church of God uh, since 19. As as in its inception around 1976, and that would make us coming up toward 50 years of ministry in the same uh, organization and the same anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad that the Holy Ghost doesn't age. I'm aging, but the Holy Ghost is ready and raring, and I am ready and raring because of Him today. <laughs> Hallelujah! Praise. God. We invite you to come and worship with us at Embassy Suites Hotel. Embassy Suites Hotel on the campus of the University of South Florida. Uh, off of Fowler, it's Spectrum Drive, just one block off of Fowler Avenue, campus of the University of South Florida. Second floor, just take the elevator when you go into the hotel, take the elevator up to the second floor and there will be a sign out front. We are in the Cypress room. There'll be a sign out front. And if you get there five minutes late, you'll hear the praise inside from 11 to 1230 every Sunday. uh, After that, as long as the Lord provides, we will be meeting in Embassy Suites Hotel, University of South Florida campus, 11 a.m. until 12.30 p.m. Come and be blessed today. I want to say this before we get into our message. We had a a lady come a couple of years ago to our service, and uh, I remember as she was leaving, she said to her husband, I am so glad we came here today. I have been needing to get my soul fed. Um, our, Our media minister, Brother Doug has often said this ministry is for the hungry and the thirsty. 
Amen. Hungry and thirsty people want to get their soul fed. They don't want to be entertained. They don't want to watch the praise team sing. They want to worship God. They don't want to to hear a, 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 some social message or political message. They want to hear the inerrant, eternal Word of God. And they want to hear the anointed Word preached by and through anointed preachers today. Well, they, I don't claim a whole lot, but I claim one thing without apology and without any kind of personal pride. God called me, commissioned me. He anointed me to bring the Word of God. <laughs> and my associate minister, Brother Taylor, says it often. Brother Venable is ready to preach at the drop of a hat, and he's ready to drop the hat. Well, we're going to drop the hat today in our Bible study study, and we're claiming the scripture in our outreach ministry, uh, that in Psalm 107 and verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. If you are hungry and thirsty, God is going to fill you with what you're hungry and thirsty for. And when the word of God dwells in you richly, as the Bible said that it should, (laughs) you're going to be full of faith because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You're going to be full of knowledge because Jesus, as we get the full revelation of him, is, is, is a treasure trove of wisdom and knowledge. You're, you're going to be filled with righteousness because you're going to receive instruction in righteousness. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for rebuke, for correction, for reproof, and for instruction in righteousness, how to be really right with God, beginning with salvation and then our walk with God after we are saved, <laughs> that the man of God, woman of God might be fully furnished unto every good work. So if you are hungry and thirsty, Come worship with us beginning Sunday, November the 6th. If you you come early, we won't be there. But from that point forward, every Sunday after that, throughout... November, December, January, and we'll reassess in January where to stay, where to go, how to, how to go forward from that point. So, uh, and if you've ever worshiped with us in the past, let, let this take a Sunday if you can without, you know, if you don't hold an office somewhere that is imperative you be there. Uh, come and worship with us. We would love to see you again. We've never forgot you. You are in our heart. You are in our mind. And we would love to to worship with you again this side of heaven <laughs> we'll all be together when we get there but we're not there yet amen all right if you have your bibles and go on our you're on our website but check there we'll have an announcement made as we get closer to november 6th first sunday it'll be a thanksgiving communion sunday you don't want to miss it <laughs> hallelujah i'm so looking forward to it all right if you have your bibles please turn with me in the scriptures uh, as we get ready uh, to worship god today as we receive the word of god today this is an important message we're going to be talking about jesus the highly exalted 
one. Jesus, the highly exalted one. So if you have your Bible and you're ready, let's get in the Word of God today. And more importantly, let's get the Word of God in us. Because if we do, it will. It'll do the work. It will bring forth fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. All right. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Listen to it carefully. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, and took on him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto the death even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things beneath the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, dear friend, today God exalted Jesus because He humbled Himself. He left the splendor of heaven to enter into this fallen world. He left the glory of heaven to become our Savior. The Son of God became the Son of Man. He went to the cross as our sacrifice lamb to die in our place. And that's why Jesus deserves this place of honor and exaltation. Let's read what many have called the gospel in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, Isaiah 53. And let's just read the first 12 verses. And verse 12, I have highlighted in my Bible for this message today. Listen. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now, I want to stop here just a minute and teach for just a little bit. I I can't hardly help but preach from the beginning of this, because I love to exalt Jesus. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit has come to testify of Him. He gets excited in me. Hallelujah. Amen. He, there's, there's no form or comeliness that when we see Him, there's no beauty that we should desire Him. It doesn't mean that Jesus wasn't a handsome man. He was a, a young Jewish man. And, and, but this beauty and, and this form is, is when He was being scourged and beaten and crucified. This is all about Jesus going to the cross in our behalf. Verse 3 explains that. It says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from Him. He was despised and we esteemed Him 
not. We hid our faces from him. In other words, what they saw when Pilate, after the scourging of Jesus, and then when he was hung on the cross with all of the blood and all of the, all of the horrible wounds that were already inflicted on him, this bloody pulp of a man, it was sickening to look upon him. The only people not sickened by the sight were the blood thirsty, cold, hard-hearted rejectors of Jesus. He was, he was, he was despised and we esteemed him not and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. But surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. In other words, he must have done something so terrible that God is allowing him to be tortured like he's being tortured. But, verse 5 said, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison from judgment, who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin." He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. This is why God has exalted him to that place of highest honor. Therefore will I divide unto him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he's poured out his soul unto death, was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Amen. As one translation says, I will give him honors among who among one who is mighty and great. God has exalted him to the highest place. You see, friend, in the ancient world, the highest honor a ruler could bestow was to place someone at his right hand. This was the place of honor at the banquet table. This was the place of honor in the judgment hall. Only the emperor's most trusted Advisors and friends could occupy this place. 
The king's right-hand man functioned uh, as a kind of prime minister, as the right-hand man. He could give commands and pass judgments all in the name of the king. In the Bible, the highest place in the universe is the right hand of God. To be seated at the right hand of God is to be given the place of supreme honor and authority. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalm 110.1 says this, The Lord, capital L-O-R-D, says unto my Lord, Sit at my right hand. These words were fulfilled when Christ ascended to heaven and sat down where? At the right hand of God. Hallelujah. Over and over again in the New Testament, the message is that the ascended Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. Jesus seated at the right hand of God means he's been given power, majesty, and honor. Jesus seated at the right hand of God. This means he's been been given a crown and a throne. Jesus seated at the right hand of God means Jesus is king and Jesus is Lord. And Jesus, therefore, has been given the highest place in the universe. Not just seated under God, but given joint seating with God. Hallelujah to the Israelites who lived in Jerusalem. At the time of Christ's death, Jesus didn't seem to be like a king at all. After all, he had just been scourged and put to death like a common criminal. And to many today, Jesus doesn't seem like a king. When we watch or listen to the news and we see what's happening in our world and in in our culture, we see that, that not many people acknowledge him as Lord and King. Only those who call him Lord by the Holy Ghost are really truly bowing to him and exalting him as he truly is king of kings and lord of lords everyone in this world does not acknowledge jesus as the lord of their life and therefore there is an open door for them to be under the influence of the evil one and we see the result of that kind of rebellion and lawlessness today But the unbelief of the world does not take away Jesus' crown and throne. Whether the world acknowledges it or not, He is still King of kings, and He is still Lord of lords, and He still is occupying the highest place in the universe. See, Jesus is Lord in three worlds. That at the name of Jesus, verse 10 said, Every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth. In heaven, friend, Jesus is exalted. Revelation 5, 9 through 14 says it clearly. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred, tongue, and nation, and has made us unto our God 
kings and priests, and we shall reign upon the earth. Hallelujah. And I beheld, and I heard a great voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beast and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times Ten thousand and thousands of thousands. Friend, that number, I don't, we, we need our, our math professor. We have a math teacher, uh, as our, our worship leader. And I'm going to tell you right now, he would have to, he would have to try to figure this out. There may be a number, but I guarantee we couldn't pronounce it and couldn't get a handle on it. This is an innumerable group of people worshiping the king. Praise God. Listen what they're all saying. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all them that heard I saying, Blessing and glory and power be to him that sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever. Jesus is exalted in heaven. Praise God. And all that he has created Amen. There was nothing made. Nothing made, the Scriptures teach us, that He didn't make. He was there at creation. Hallelujah. When God said, let us create man in our image. Praise God. Who in the world, no one in the world was there with God at creation except the one who was one with God, the second person of the Godhead, the one in whom all the fullness dwelt in bodily when he was made flesh. He lost none of his divinity when he took on humanity. He became God incarnate in flesh. And he is exalted. And his name is a name above all names. On earth he is exalted. Every knee doesn't bow now. But one day they will. Your knee may not be bowing now by acknowledging your need for a Savior and accepting Christ as your Savior as you repent of your sin. But one day, your knee is going to bow. When Queen Victoria had just ascended to the throne, uh, she she went as is the custom of royalty to hear the Messiah rendered. Handel's Messiah. She had been instructed as to her conduct by those who knew and was told that she must not rise when the others stood at the singing of the Hallelujah Chorus. When the magnificent chorus was being sung and the singers were shouting, Hallelujah, 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 for the Lord our God omnipotent reigneth. She sat with great difficulty it seemed as if she would rise in spite of the custom of king of kings of kings and queens rather but finally when they came to the part of the chorus where a shout with a shout they proclaim him king of kings suddenly the young queen rose and stood with bowed head 
Queen Victoria realized the truth of what Paul said long ago, that at the name of Jesus, every, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Praise God. Every knee isn't bowing now on the earth. Clearly, we're in a time of rebellion and a time of lawlessness and a time of, of not just, uh, just atheism, not believing there is a God, but even if there is a God flaunting our sin in his face. But there is a day coming. There is a day coming when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. By the way, no man can say that except by the Holy Spirit. You have to be convicted of your sin. You have to be drawn to Christ by the Father. You have to accept Christ as your Savior to really know Him as Lord. It's not just going through a religious ritual. It's not some kind of religious routine to follow Christ. Listen, it's a real, genuine, spiritual relationship to Him and relationship with Him. The Bible said, Many in that day will say unto me, Lord, 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 Lord. They'll call Him Lord, but not by the Holy Ghost. Not because they've been born again. Don't, don't be fooled. Don't let any man deceive you into thinking that salvation uh, means you can just hang on to your sin, keep serving the devil. It's not of works. Don't get me wrong. But when you truly get saved, you're not going to be the servant of Satan any longer, nor the servant of sin any longer. You won't be sinlessly perfect. You will have a struggle with your weak flesh. But in that struggle is the evidence of your salvation. Because those who are not saved are not struggling with sin. They are entertaining it. They're embracing it. And they're making no apologies for it. But I want you to know you get truly born again. Hallelujah. His seed remaineth in you. That you sin not. And if you do, or when you do, you're quick to confess it. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we're not just disingenuous, <laughs> we're liars, and telling not the truth. But if we confess our sin, amen. He is faithful and just in forgiving our sin and cleansing us. He doesn't just forgive and leave us bound up in it. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness and iniquity. Amen. On earth, every knee certainly isn't bowing now, but the day is coming when every knee will bow. Satan will bow. Every, every, every God hater will bow and confess Jesus is Lord. But many are going to say it. Lord, Lord, we've done mighty works in your name, cast out devils in your name. And he will say unto them, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I knew you not. So today, this is nothing to play with. You can't pick your way to God that accommodates your sin and accommodates your selfishness. You can't do that. You have to come God's way. One God. One mediator between God and man, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Amen. That message is why they hated him then. That message is why he is hated now. Listen, on earth, Jesus will be ultimately, inevitably exalted because every tongue is going to ultimately confess he is Lord. Listen, beneath the earth, he is exalted. (laughs) There's no such thing as a doubting devil. The devils believe and tremble according to the scriptures. Nowhere in the netherworld beneath the earth is the name of Jesus not recognized. Devils must bow to him. Death must acquiesce to him. (laughs) The grave has no power over him. Praise God. I want to read you something today. To the atheist, he is the one or, I'm sorry, not to, to the artist. He is the, he is the one altogether lovely. To the architect, he is the chief cornerstone. To the astronomer, he's the S-U-N, son of righteousness. To the baker, he's the living bread. To the banker, he's the hidden treasure. To the biologist, he is the life. To the carpenter, he is the sure foundation. To the doctor, he's the great physician. To the educator, he's the great teacher. To the farmer, he's the sower and the lord of the harvest. To the florist, he's the lily of the valley and the rose of Sharon. Have you got on your shouting shoes? I have to stop and ask you that. Do you own a pair? Amen. Have you got your soul so fed that you can say, My cup is running over today? Amen. Are you hungry for more of God? Are you hungry for more of Jesus in your life? Amen. Let me finish this and see if I can sit still. To the florist, he's the lily of the valley and the rose of Sharon. To the geologist, he's the rock of ages. To the horticulturist, he is the true vine. To the judge, he's the righteous judge. To the juror, he's the true witness. To the jeweler, he is the pearl of great price. To the editor, he's the good tidings of great joy. To the oculist, he's the light of the eyes. To the philosopher, he's the wisdom of God. To the printer, he's the true type. (laughs) To the servant, he's the good master. To the student, he's the incarnate truth. To the toiler, He's the giver of rest to the sinner like you and me. He is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. To the Christian, He's the Son of the living God, the Savior, the Redeemer, and Lord to the glory of God. And friend of mine today, controversial as it is, it is a truth that cannot be and must not be compromised. It is only through His name that salvation is offered. According to Acts 4 and verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And it's today as we made this broadcast, as we prayed over this broadcast, as this broadcast is coming to you, this Bible study broadcast on the internet, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And today, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, 
we invite you to come to know Him today. We invite you to come to know Him and call upon His name. One of the great result of the Holy Spirit coming on the day of Pentecost is as many as shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior today, and if He is drawing you, and I believe He is right now in this holy moment, don't resist Him. Don't reject Him. How, how shall we escape? The Scriptures say. How, how, what excuse will we give God if we neglect such a great salvation as this? If we reject this kind of love, this kind of sacrifice, how shall we escape the wrath to come? Oh, but we can escape by receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior, repenting of our sin. And I encourage you, I urge you, I beseech you today, come to Christ. Come to Jesus. Call upon His name. And He will forgive you. God will forgive you for His sake. <laughs> he will seal you with the Holy Spirit. And He will keep you through this world and take you to heaven when Jesus comes. Amen. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, it's been such a joy to share Jesus with you. This holiday season, let's keep this perspective and let's celebrate the world holidays as our holy days. Let's take them back and be thankful in Jesus' name.